self-quarantine shelter-in-place order day five. Yesterday I said it was day five, but actually it was day four, and today is day five. I'm getting very confused living in isolation like this. Every day seems the same as the last, and I just don't know what's what, what's up, what's down, what's left, what's right. I'm not sure. Hello there, this is A.D. Robles, and you're listening to A.D. on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Alright, alright. Well, if you have not watched me on YouTube, I'm doing a series of videos. It's a little bit of a different style than I've done. Um, all of them are coming live from my bunker. And it's we're talking a lot about the coronavirus. We're talking about economics, which is what, something we'll get into a little bit today as well. And all kinds of really good videos have been put out the last few days. So go ahead and check it out on YouTube. Also, if you haven't considered becoming a Fight, Laugh, Feast Club member, please consider doing so. Use the show code ROBLES, R-O-B-L-E-S. And also, one more thing. Please excuse the uh, shameless uh, self-promotion here. But uh, my No Despair t-shirts are still on sale. Absolutely perfect for a situation like this where there is lots of despair. And you can see despair... 24-7 if you wanted to on Drudge Report, on Facebook, your friends, even friends that typically are pretty level-headed. There are a lot of despair out there today, baby. But you can reject the despair in your life, but also in your apparel. No despair 2020, baby. Let's get into today's video. Now, sorry I um, sorry I didn't upload yesterday. I, I, I moved recently. I don't know if you knew this, but actually I moved from the decent state of Vermont to the great state of New Hampshire over the weekend. And so this week has been chaotic. Lots of unpacking. You could probably see behind me boxes and things like that. It probably looks a mess, but that's because I'm currently in the process of unpacking. So that's an ongoing thing and uh, I'll probably be in that mode for a bit here. But um, but yeah, so that's why I didn't upload yesterday. Sorry about that, but I'm making it up for you today by doing something I was not planning on doing. I saw that Dr. Russell Moore, my favorite evangelical, he posted a, well, he wrote an article for the New York Times, which is not that surprising because he basically has the same worldview as the New York Times, <laughs> with minor exceptions. But uh, yeah, he wrote an article, um, and it's about the coronavirus thing and the economy and things like that, and I was not planning on reading it. I clicked it at first um, just to see what the you know first few sentences said, see if it grabbed me. You know, I do that from time to time. But then you had to put your email address in there for the New York Times to have it. And I didn't want to do that. I don't want to click strange links and stuff like that. Somebody sent me a, an article from uh, the website Lamb's Rain. And I was like, dude, I don't click strange links. Come on, man. That's a joke. But anyway, uh, so yeah, I didn't want to read it. And then now I'm going to because I want to make up for my missing the upload yesterday. So I'm going to read the Russell Moore article. I have not read it yet. I heard it's a gem. And I'm going to respond to it. But essentially what it seems to me, like this article is making the, uh, the argument about how the economy is less important than preserving human lives, which I've done a number of videos on this week. I think that's a really stupid argument. And I'm just going to come out and say that. I think that's a very stupid argument because the economy is part and parcel of human life. And only a real elitist could make an argument like that. Because when it comes down to shutting down the economy, it's a big mistake, first of all. A huge mistake. And it doesn't actually save lives. Instead, it just transfers the lives that are being ruined, essentially, destroyed, things like that. And it does it in the worst possible way. Because at the end of the day, a guy like me, I'm middle class. I can survive a few 
months of the economy shutting down, most likely. And I'm not saying I definitely could, but I, I, I probably could. You know, I've got enough money socked away. I can find something to do. I, you know, I'm a young guy. I could put myself in harm's way if I needed to, you know, to make some money, things like that. Rich people can definitely survive it. You know, I saw a Dennis Prager video yesterday where he said, my life's not being ruined. And that's right. I mean, rich people can survive, uh, you know, a, a tremendous economic downturn. But the people who can't are the poor people, the, the, the most vulnerable among us. And so if you make an argument like, hey, you should shut the economy down because, uh, you know, you just want a few extra bucks in your stock portfolio. What they're, what they're doing is they're betraying. They, they don't know how poor people actually live. They live paycheck to paycheck. They rely on these service industries that have been shut down at the stroke of a pen. And they're put at risk. And even if you say, well, Americans aren't going to be put at risk because we've got a social net, uh, welfare program and stuff like that. Okay, fine. Granted, let's just say Americans aren't put at risk, which is actually not true. It's, 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 it, that's bogus. But uh, how many countries rely on the American economy being strong? How many poor countries, Ethiopia, how many places do we send missionaries that rely on us having the income and the ability and the capacity to do that? And uh, someone down the chain is going to lose their lives because of this economic shutdown. And so if you think on this level, you either are thinking uh, at like a child. You don't, you're not thinking a few steps ahead. You don't really care to think a few steps ahead. Or um, you're, you're just an elitist. You just don't know how poor people live. You don't know how poor people get by. I do. I, I have my family is uh, I come from a family that was very poor. My father uh, got out. My father got out of that kind of situation. So I didn't grow up uh, in dire straits. But many in my family have. And so um, you know, I, I do know how poor people live. And so anyway, let's read this article. Let's see if Russell Moore goes down that road. He almost certainly will. And let's start right now. Opinion. God doesn't want us to sacrifice the old. Okay. Christianity teaches that every single human life is valuable even during a pandemic by Russell Moore. Mr. Moore is the president of the ethics. Okay, here we go. When it is suggested that lives should be saved or sacrificed based on the perceived quality of those lives, something of our very humanity is lost. When it's suggested that lives should be sacrificed... Oh my goodness, what is going on here? This is not the article itself. This is a picture of the article, which is giving me a problem here. Okay. My grandmother always kept several freezers and multiple pantries loaded down with food and hid emergency cash in a cubbyhole behind the medicine. As a child, I rolled my eyes at these habits, but she would say, if you had lived through the Great Depression, you would understand. I now realize that when I or my children are elderly, we will be saying similar, similar things to our own grandchildren. If you lived through the Great Pandemic, you would understand. I hope that lessons we take from our country's experience with COVID aren't about food or spreading germs, but about how we treat the most vulnerable among us. A pandemic is no time to turn our eyes away from the sanctity of human life. I agree. Let's continue. We are already are hearing talk about weighing the value of human life against the health of the nation's economy and the strength of the stock market. It's true that a depression would cause untold suffering for people around the world, hitting the poor the hardest. Still, each human life is more significant than a trillion-dollar gross domestic product. Stocks and bonds are important, yes, but human beings are created in the image of God. This okay. So, so I'm just trying to think of how I'm gonna how I'm gonna respond to this, because he knows he knows he knows. 
R- Russell Moore knows he, he's not a, he's not an idiot, and the way he's even written this paragraph, he he knows what he's saying here, because he said it's true that a great depression would cause untold suffering for people around the world, hitting the poor the hardest. And he says, still, each human life is more significant than a trillion-dollar gross domestic product. While that's true, he already has told you he knows that the gross domestic product is part and parcel of human life and human flourishing and human thriving. And if you have a Great Depression, it'll hurt the poor the hardest. So, so he's trying to, to hold this together where he understands that, but he's still pitting the economy against people. You can't do that. The economy is nothing but the, 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 the aggregate of human action. It's what human beings do. We are an economic creature. We engage in commerce. That's part of our lives. One of my friends uh, on Facebook, Michael Foster, said, that an attack on someone's livelihood is an attack on their life. And that is definitely the biblical view. That is the biblical view. And it seems like Russell Moore knows that. So why is he still trying to pit that against each other? I I don't understand. Stocks and bonds are important, yes, but human beings are created in the image of God. Yes, but people, like stocks and bonds are not important, disconnected from people, though. You know, you know what I mean? He, again, he tries to make this seem like it's sort of like this, like stock, stocks and bonds are over here, and they're this thing over here, and people are over here. Stocks and bonds are meaningless, uh, except for their connection to people. And so I just don't understand this. Why is he muddying the waters here? This is, this is our leader, right? This is our ethics and religious liberties leader. And instead of, instead of uh, clearing up the confusion, he's adding to the confusion here. This is so convoluted. I just, this is how Russell Moore writes. I, I've reviewed a number of Russell Moore articles, and the confusion that this man spreads has to be intentional because he is not a stupid man. He intentionally confuses issues, confuses issues every single day. I, I, I just cannot, I cannot fathom writing in this way. But anyway. Let's continue. We must also reject suggestions that make it that it makes sense to prioritize the care of those who are young and healthy over those who are elderly and have disabilities. Such considerations turn human lives into check marks on a page rather than the sacred mystery that they are. When we entertain these ideas, something of our very humanity is lost. So I, I, I understand what he's saying. I, I understand what he's saying, but it, you, you, you have to entertain these kinds of ideas because we don't have infinite resources, right? And so let's just say I was a doctor, right? And I had, and here in here in the eighty robust bunker, I had a few hospital beds, and I was a doctor, and people were sick, and they came to my door, right? And I had three hospital beds, three ventilators here in my bunker. I don't, so don't come to my bunker looking for a ventilator. But uh, let's say four people came to my door, four people came to my door, and they're all just as equally sick. And they all desperately need this ventilator. And there's no way for me to use two, one ventilator for two people. Let's just make this as simple as possible. There's no way for me to, to figure it out. I ha- someone has to not have the ventilator. What do I do? What do I do? How do I make that decision? Because someone is going to be left without a ventilator. And so how do I make that decision? The only way to make that decision is to start thinking about the extenuating circumstances. Does this person have a family? Does this person have a, a, a more of a fighting chance to get by without the ventilator? Is this older person need it more? Does this younger person need it more? Like there, you have to start thinking about these things that are they're pretty icky, 
We don't want to think about them. We'd like to think that we'd have enough ventilators for everybody, but we don't. But we don't. And so, so, so if you reject the suggestion to think about these, he's saying reject even the consideration because that, that means that we're losing something of our humanity. This is, this is childish. This is embarrassing. This is embarrassing because this is how a child thinks. And God bless him, a child is like, well, why don't we have enough? Why can't we have enough ventilators? And, and you ask your child that. And why doesn't everyone, because children are often, why doesn't everyone have enough money? And it's like, you have to explain that to a child. Resources aren't infinite. That's why not everyone has enough money. And so that's why we help them. If we, if we have and someone else doesn't have, we share. That's what the Bible says. If someone has food, you share it with someone who doesn't. If you have clothes, share it with someone who doesn't. You know, there's, a, there's inequalities here, and that's a fact of life. And so we need to do the best we can. I've heard some stories, horrible stories, horrible stories about how essentially people and uh, doctors in Italy have, have to leave people to die. They have to say, we can't do anything for you. You have to go home. And they know when they send them home, they're going to die. That's not losing your humanity. That's dealing with the situation in reality. What planet does Russell Moore live on? What planet does he live on? I, I, I've, heard, I've heard some doctors that this is the way they say. This is the way they say. They say, look, this is what the decision that they've made. They say, look, if we have to have a choice, we don't want to have to make this choice. But if we have a choice and we've got an 85-year-old, you know, who's all his family has passed away. And then we've got a 30-year-old with three kids and a wife, and they both need the ventilator. We're going to give it to the 30-year-old. And that decision sucks, man. Nobody wants to make that decision. But the decision has to be made somehow. I mean, this is childish, man. This is really childish. This is really embarrassing. I don't know what else to say about that, but let's just continue. Social distancing and shelter-in-place initiatives are hugely disruptive. That is true. People who need to be working and who cannot work from home are suffering. That's why we need both the government at work, both the government at work to enable us to help one another through this time. And that's why we need a vibrant civil society to empower people to care for one another. Government at work. That's socialist right there, isn't it? Vulnerability is not a diminishment of the human experience, but it's part of that experience. Those of us in the Christian tradition believe that God molded us from dust and breathed into us the breath of life. Moreover, we bear witness that every human life is fragile. We are, all of us, creatures and not gods. We are in need of air and water and one another. A generation ago, the essayist and novelist Wendell Berry told us that the great challenge of our time would be whether we would see life as a machine or as a miracle. The same is true now. The value of human life is not determined on a balance sheet. We cannot coldly make decisions as to how many people we are willing to lose since we are all going to die of something. This is stupid! This is stupid. We cannot coldly make decisions. Who's coldly making decisions? The decisions are cold. That's true. When you have to decide, when you have one ventilator and you have five patients who need it, you have to make a decision. And that decision is a, is a decision of, of life and death. You have it in your hands. What do you do? You have to do something. What do you do? This, is, this, this makes me angry. 
I'm sorry, guys, that this episode's turned out this way. I thought it was just going to be a, a jovial episode, you know, because every oftentimes when I review Russell Moore stuff, I oftentimes I'll make a big joke of it because because it's it, it's funny. I mean, it, it's funny, but this is this makes me so angry. Hold on a second. Sorry, I just needed a minute. This is this is the leadership that we have. I just, I don't even know what to say about it. I, I don't even know what to say. G- guys, I'm speechless. I, 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 I can't fathom that this is the best that we can do. This is the leader of the ERLC, the biggest denomination of Christians in the United States. And this is their ethics. This is where they look for ethics information. Someone to clear up the difficult the difficult choices. I, uh, me on our Reformed Jellicle show, Matt Williams said that you know wh- wh- one thing that he would really like to see is some work on how do I balance you know caring for my neighbor but also caring for my family. I don't want to necessarily bring the virus back home to my family, but I do want to protect or I do want to provide for my neighbors. Like that's a good question. That we need some ethical clarity there, right? That's a good one. But instead, we're getting this. I mean, if, if a child spoke like this, you'd be like, okay, and you'd encourage them to think deeper about it, and you'd encourage them to, 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 to consider the, the reality of life. And sometimes it's cold. Sometimes it's brutal. What do you do when five people need a ventilator and you have one? What do you do? One thing you definitely don't do is look to Russell Moore for help because he thinks like a child. A life in a nursing home is worth living. A life in a hospital quarantine ward is, worth, is a life worth living. The lives of our grandparents, the lives of the disabled, the lives of the terminally ill, these are all lives worth living. We will not be able to save every life. Many will die, not only of the obviously vulnerable, but among those who are seemingly young and strong. But every life lost must grip us with a sense of lament that death itself is not natural, but is, as the Bible tells us, an enemy to be withstood and ultimately undone. Yes, obviously. Thank you for taking that brave stance, Dr. Russell Moore, because there's a whole wealth of Christians out there that are like, old people, who cares? You should be ashamed of yourself, Dr. Russell Moore. Every single one of us that is shocked at how we shut down the economy, risking lives all around the world, not just here in the United States, all around the world, among the most vulnerable, risking lives by shutting down the economy when you do not have to, number one, and you don't have the authority to do it. We're talking Christian ethics here, right? Tell me where the Bible gives the government the authority to shut down commerce. It does not. It does not. To shut down worship, it does not. This is what we need. We need biblical meat here. Instead, we're getting childish nonsense. There is no Christian that says a nursing home life is not a life, life, life worth living. There is no Christian that says a life in a hospital quarantine ward is not worth living. Why, 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 why waste your words in a, pagan, uh, in a pagan publication? Why waste your words like this? They need truth. They don't need gobbledygook. This is not hypothetical for me. Let me, let me, let me, let me break this down for you, Dr. Rus- Russell Moore. I've got grandparents that are very sick. They will likely die very soon anyway. I don't want them to catch coronavirus because that'll just speed it up. I I want my grandparents to live. Their lives are a life worth living, even though they might die this year anyway. 
I want them to live as long as possible. I want them in my life. And if they catch the coronavirus, there's a good chance that they will be done. Now, they'll be in glory, and that's great. But I want them here. I want them here. I've got an uncle who has severe diabetes. He did it to himself. He did it to himself. You know, men, we, we, we ought to take control of our own health in the areas that we can. If he catches the coronavirus, he will likely be dead. I don't want him to die. I don't want him to die. You might not know this about me, but I have chronic asthma. Every time I get sick, I have severe asthma. If I catch the coronavirus, I am in a risk category. There's a good chance that me at 37 with three kids under five, it could be the end of me. It could be the end of me. My life is worth living. It's not hypothetical for me, Dr. Russell Moore. But the reality is I do have to love my neighbor. And that requires, if you're going to love your neighbor, this is what an ethic, a, a Christian ethicist should be focused on here. Instead of this nonsense, if I'm going to love my neighbor, the way to do it is to follow the commands of God and to follow God's system and his word and all that kind of stuff. And so I have to think about everybody, not just me and my family and my, and my elderly. I have to think about the poor who, in this crisis, when the econo economy is shut down, their lives are at risk and people will die because of this economic shutdown. People will die because of this economic shutdown. And for some reason, an elitist like you doesn't seem to really care because you know this is putting people's lives at risk. You said so in this article, but still... You want to think like a child and say, well, every life is precious, and so of course we have to quarantine when the government says so. This is pathetic, Russell Moore. Let me finish the article. That means we must listen to medical experts and do everything possible to avoid catastrophe we see right now in Italy and elsewhere. We must get back to work. The economy is back on its feet, but we'll only do that when... We must get back to work, get the economy back on its feet, but we can only do that when doing so will not kill the vulnerable and overwhelm our hospitals, our doctors, our nurses, and our communities. You are a child, Dr. Russell Moore, a child. Because you make it, you, you, you try to make this a simple thing. It's not a simple thing. You say, we can only restart the economy when it won't kill the vulnerable. But by the way, Russell Moore, you've already said that when you stop the economy, that'll hurt the vulnerable. And I will take it a step further. It'll also kill the vulnerable. So you're trading lives for lives here. You're trading lives for lives here. And the lives that you're willing to put at risk are the poor, the most vulnerable economically in favor of, I don't know, people with pre-existing conditions, elderly people. So you're, you're, you're trading lives for lives. I'm saying we don't have to make that trade. We let God decide by obeying his commandments, by loving our neighbor according to his standard. We can't just love our neighbor any way we want. We have to love him according to God's standards. And then God decides how this ends for us. God decides. And so if I'm scared of being sick because I have asthma, but God commands me, if I have food, to share it with someone who doesn't, and I know my neighbor over here on this side is sick with the coronavirus and needs food, I'm going to go over there and give him some food. Now, I'll take precautions if I have to, but I can't say, well, my life is worth more than his, and so therefore I'm not going to share my food because I don't want to catch that corona. That would be an ethical dilemma. We need guidance there, but instead what you're telling us is... The, 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 basically the progressive talking point. The economy is not as important as lives. The economy is lives.
because it's people that that matter in the economy. It's human action. It's not just this other thing out there. That's how children think. That's how children think. And then he's like, well, we, we, we got to listen to medical experts. Yeah, well, medical experts don't all agree on this. So which ones do we listen to? We listen to the ones that are, are basically want to, you, know, you to shut down the economy. That's the ones we listen to, according to Russell Moore. Why? Why? You haven't told us why. You just are assuming it. You see, every single time we do anything, there's a cost-benefit analysis that we, that we do. This is how adults think, by the way, Dr. Russell Moore, not children. Every single time we do every, anything, there's a cost-benefit analysis. Doug Cuomo the other day said, even if we save just one life through these drastic measures, it'll be worth it. No, you're a liar, Dr. Co- uh, or not Dr. Cuomo, Co- uh, Governor Cuomo. You're a liar because if we really did think that way, we couldn't have a, an economy at all. Because if you order an iPhone on Amazon, and Dr. Russell Moore, I'm sure you have an iPhone or something like that. A couple things at, at play here, Dr. Russell Moore, with your iPhone. You put probably children's lives at risk in the mines that, that mine for the silicone and the different components of your iPhone. You put their lives at risk. And so by ordering that iPhone, you're actually not caring about that life, right? That's how we're doing this. We're playing stupid games, right? Also, the, the truck that brings your iPhone to your house, the UPS truck or the FedEx truck, is barreling down the highway at 70 miles an hour this way while there's other cars barreling down this way. And there's only like 10 feet between them. And so you're putting those people's lives at risk that are, that are traveling in the opposite direction of that truck. Because we're playing stupid games here, right? Because anything you do to put a life at risk, it's not worth it because they're made in the image of God, right, for the economy, right? So, Dr. Russell Moore, why do you engage in any economics? All of it puts lives at risk. All of it. By the way, tr- close your church down, Russell Moore. Tell your elders to close your church down every flu season because every flu season you put elderly's lives at risk. You put my life at risk. I have asthma. If I catch the flu, there's a good chance that I could be dead. There's a good chance I could be dead. Why, why don't you care about my life, Russell Moore? Is my, not my life worth more than the GDP of the United States or your economic fortunes? We could play these stupid games all day because these are games that children play. Because they don't think ahead. They're not capable. We teach them to think ahead. We, 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 we teach them how to plan and do cost-benefit analysis and things like that. It's, see, it's fashionable to write an article like this at this particular time in the New York Times. It's fashionable. You'll, you'll, you'll get some attaboys from the pagans. You certainly will. But this is not how a Christian ought to think. A Christian needs to think in a nuanced way. A, quish, a Christian needs to think without partiality. A Christian has to think a couple steps ahead. Because the Bible shows us what to do in situations like this. It shows us what to do. We trust God with the results, but what we do is we obey Christ. When you're in a rock and a hard place, which so many of us are right now, what do you do? What do you do? Do you listen to the experts? Is that what the Bible says when you're in between a rock and a hard place? You listen to the experts. Yeah, you listen to the pagan experts. They don't know the difference between a penis and a vagina. They don't know the difference between, between uh, you know, uh, uh, a creature that evolved from pond scum and, and a creature that was made in the image of God. God breathed into him uh, the breath of life. They don't know the difference between that. But somehow they, they know exactly what to do in this situation. Absolutely. No. When you're in between a rock and a hard place, obey Christ. That's what we do. Sometimes that's very easy to determine how to obey Christ. Sometimes it's a little more difficult. But what we need from leaders, and Russell Moore, you're not capable of this. You're compromised. I'm not asking you to do this because you won't do this. 
But what we need from leaders is to, to have someone decipher the biblical commands and apply them to our current situations. You're not willing to do that. I don't know if you're capable of doing it or not, and I don't care. At the end of the day, this, this kind of childish thinking needs to be rejected by Christians. Eventually, you have to move on from the milk into solid food. Guys, let me just end it right here because I was not expecting this to be a little ranty. I'm shocked at the level of this of this article. This is this is this is beyond anything I could have imagined. This is a live. This is a, this is a real reaction here, boys, ladies and gentlemen. I got a lot of female listeners as well. I, I just I, I'm just gonna end it there. I'm just gonna end it there, and I was gonna end with a joke, but I'm just I'm not in the mood right now. So sorry about that, guys. Um, I hope this doesn't give you a downer. There, there are better leaders out there than Russell Moore. There are better people out there than Russell Moore. You want, you want someone that can, that can help you apply the commands of God to these complex situations. There's tons of people out there. Uh, Toby, man, Toby Sumter, in his series in the Proverbs, stuff like that. Doug Wilson's doing good stuff. James White's doing good stuff. Oh man, let me just say, let me give these guys a plug. I saw, I saw, um, uh, the the uh, the founders guys. Askel and, and Jared Longshore do a, 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 a video about coronavirus and meeting as a church and stuff like that. Man, God bless those guys. Th- those guys are worth listening to. They're worth listening to. Josh Sommer, check him out on YouTube. He's worth listening to as well. Anyway, hope you found this podcast helpful. Sorry for the downer. God bless. Don't forget to tune in next week on Thursday for AD on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Network.